Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Endless Honeymoon podcast listeners, we love and appreciate the messages that we get every week about how much you're enjoying the podcast. And now you can return the favor. I have an album coming out this Friday. It's called Crowd Surfing, and it's an entirely improvised crowd work album with a twist, a conceptual twist I think you'll really like. It's available Friday, the 24th of January. You can go to orcd.co slash crowd surfing, and you can order it. You can get it anywhere you get your music. Please get it. If, if a, only a fraction of you purchase this album, then I would have a hit on my hands. And if you would like to come to my album release party, I'll be at the San Francisco Sketchfest on Friday at the Swedish American Music Hall. And the night after that, Natasha and I will be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping that you can actually participate in. You can email us, endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail.com with your relationship issue that you would need advice on. And we'll get you into the show and you'll be on the pod. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm also heading off to the DC Improv the last weekend in January, so you can get tickets to that. And Natasha and I will be at the Telluride Comedy Festival the weekend after that, Valentine's weekend. A lot of live dates are on our website coming up. We are headed all over the country, all kinds of fun places. So check our websites for tickets. Buy my album, orcd.co slash crowdsurfing, orcd.co slash crowdsurfing. And thank you guys. By the way, if you haven't yet, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really, really helps. Hey, what's happening? It's Natasha Legero. No, that's not how I wanted to start it. Okay. Okay, can I start it? Sure. Hey, what's happening? It's Moshe Kasher. And then, and then you go. And Natasha Legero. Okay, but can we, let's try it again, but without the pause, okay? Okay. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up? It's Moshe Kasher. No, you got to jump right in after after that. Okay, ready? I mean, I'm sure people are fast forwarding right now. No way. They, this is <laughs> this is behind the curtain. It's a peek behind the curtain. Okay, wait. You do. Hey, what's happening? And I'll show you the. Hey, what's happening? Hey, everybody. It's me. See like that. Okay, do it again. Hey. Hey, it's me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm Moshe Kasher, and I'm Natasha Legero, and we're in the middle of a fight. <laughs> no we're not we did have a good one this week though i feel like we've had a lot of fights this has not been our greatest week as a couple <laughs> that is true you know that old saying never go to bed mad well there was one night this week oh we did do that yeah where i said do you remember what was the quote it was something like well i'm definitely done talking to you and then i w- and then i went to bed <laughs> Yeah, I kept picking fights with Moshe and then Hold on, tell the story. How did it how did it start? I got mad because you put the baby to bed without asking me if I would maybe want to see her when I was on my way home anyway, like That's I always do with you. Definitely in no way the way that it went down. Oh. Like 100% no. We we were <laughs> you were on your way home? No, I mean in my head that's what I thought. <laughs> I knew I was going to be home around 8. I Natasha's working on a CBS sitcom, and to be fair, uh, I'm not, and it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I get that, you know. I got my own set of pressures, you know, what it's like to be Mr. Mom, 
you know, sitting at Mr. Home. Mom plus nanny. By the way, how pathetic is it that society thinks so little of men that when they're dads, they're Mr. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Natasha was at work. It was a, it was a long day and I was texting her. What time do you think you'll be home? I didn't know. And she said, oh, I wish I could tell you. Hopefully an hour. I don't know. I took the baby. I took her to a friend's house. We were playing with uh, a friend, uh, her friend, uh, Marley, the child of Brendan Walsh. Very funny comedian. And uh, we were playing around. We were having a good old time. I text her again. What time exactly do you think you'll be home? She goes, wish I knew. Then I brought the baby home. I'm playing with the baby. I'm Mr. Mom in it. Time for bed. Give her a little bath time. Put her in some pajamas. You know, she got the curly, the slippers with the curls at the end. <laughs> a sleeping cap. A sleeping cap. She got the little butt flap with the buttons, you know, just in case she needs to poo in the night. I put her down. I read her a bunch of stories. She says, I love you, daddy. I say, I love you, daughter. And she says, it's never like this when mom's around. It's always better when you're here, daddy. I prefer you as a parent, daddy. These are the kinds of sweet things she says to me. I put the baby down. Baby's snoring. She's she's sawing logs. She's honk-shooing. And uh, then I get a text from Natasha. I'm on my way. Please keep baby up. <laughs> but it was like 7.30. It wasn't that late. No, it was 8. And I said, or maybe it was 7.40. And I said, oh, sorry, just put her down. And then what did, do you remember what you wrote? Well, I was texting and driving, so I don't really want to stand behind what I wrote. I was just trying to get a statement out. I didn't get to like add punctuation. Next time, ask. Please. I said, please. Next time, ask, please. Yeah, just let me know. Just like when, when you're gone working on sh- and shooting something, I'm right before I put her down, I'm like, should I keep her up? Do you want to just say hi? Because her ever, bedtime's like, you know, between 7.30 and 8.30. Have you ever put her down while I, when I wasn't home and you didn't know when I was coming? Probably not without asking you when you were coming or if you want me to, to keep her up for you so you could read her a story. But I didn't know you wanted me to I keep know. Her up. Anyway, the point is... Next time, ask. So I wrote back. Oh, I... Ha ha. I hope you're kidding. You think that was confrontational? No. Is this compelling? I can't tell if this is boring Well, I don't think you not. need to give every detail. I think the point to me of the story is mm-hmm. that I woke up the next morning and was like, oh, I'm well, on my period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't help it. And it sucks being a woman. That's the well, point of this story. It was. Just, I Listen, I didn't know any of this. But the point was, from my perspective, it felt like there was like four different incidents, three of which we're not going to talk about, where it was like, I feel like this doesn't make sense like that we're fighting about nothing because Tosh came home and she was like, I just, it, I can't believe you would put the baby down without calling me. And <laughs> it means I think of you all the time and clearly you never think of me. And I was like, in my mind, I'm going like, am I like a gaslighting asshole? This feels like we're fighting for nothing. And then the next day I got a text and it's almost like a classic 1980 sitcom. <laughs> Guess what? You'll be glad to know. I got the old pea bone today. <laughs> I hate it because it, it really does sneak up on you as a woman. Like you're just, you just don't even think rationally. You feel like you were being irrational and that it was fully I was hormonal. just being way overly sensitive. Right. You know what I mean? And you think it was just hormones rushing through yes. your body. Yes. Right. It's so funny that you were on your period because the whole time you were upset with me, I was 
thinking to myself, this broad's on her, must be on her period. You know, and I almost said, what's the matter? Are you on the rag? I almost said that so many times because I thought that would have kind of, you know, brought a little bit of peace to the conversation. On the rag is such a good one. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so funny. I'm on the rag. I used to think that was so cool. But nowadays, because it's more hippie vibes, you would say, I'm in, I'm in the cup. Gross. Have you ever thought about a diva cup? (laughs) I think. I don't. I don't know anyone who's done that. Oh, I bet you do. I bet you most of the alternative comedy community is on the Diva Cup. Really? Oh yeah. They don't use tampons. I don't know. I think Diva Cup is the new, new next shit. It's the hot shit. You know why? Because you, you you use the Diva Cup and then you plop it out and then you use it to sprinkle on your garden. <laughs> we have a tree in our yard of our baby's placenta. Yeah. And we planted it on her birthday, and it's grown very tall. It might grow even taller if you were to dump a cup on it. I have a diva <laughs> cup in my butt. Cute. Yeah, when I eat like too spicy food or whatever, I put a diva cup in the butt, and then I sprinkle it on the tree. All right, well, let's take some calls. No, 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 no. Let's do more of my... You know, last last week we ended our little riff sesh with a uh, the queef cork. This week, it's the butt, pl- it's the butt cup. Uh, okay, fine. We can take a call. But Tosh, listen, I overreacted to, you know, it was funny because I was thinking to myself in our fight last this last week, I should just stop engaging and I just couldn't do it every time. That's a problem I have. I'm like, this is, this doesn't make sense. This is an unproductive conversation. I should just say, well, let's talk about this another time and try to change the subject, but I just couldn't do it. So for that, I am sorry. I accept your apology. And next time ask. <laughs> let's take a call. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mush. You know how the only way for you to get to sleep at night is to make love to me four to five times? don't say that on air. Well, I have to because as a result of trying to cure you of your sleep issues, I'm having sleep issues of my own, which is why I downloaded Calm, the number one app for sleep and relaxation. It can really transform your nights, which means better days. Check out sleep stories, which are like bedtime stories for adults. They can help you fall into a deep, natural sleep in minutes. Stories are narrated by iconic voices like LeVar Burton and Nick Offerman. There's also other content like soothing music from artists like Sam Smith. That's right. Sam Smith will will send you to sleep. I knew there was a purpose for his music. Yeah. Guided meditations, breathing exercises, and a lot more. Over 60 million people use Calm. Join them today and get the sleep you need tonight. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash honeymoon. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library and new content is added every week. Get started today at calm.com slash honeymoon. That's calm.com slash honeymoon. When I was a kid, I was completely unloved. And as a result, all I ever got for Christmas or my birthday was socks and underwear and the occasional vacuum liner bag. And it used to make me feel really bad. But nowadays, that's all I want. As I've gotten older, I realize that the primary pleasure in life is a nice pair of underwear. Well, Me Undies is here to send you that pair and socks too. And if you're wondering what you should get your special someone for Valentine's Day, guess what, folks? They've got special valentine's day prints this year not one but three different kinds of valentine's drawers 
This is the perfect opportunity to show that special someone you're ready to take it to the next level by buying matching pairs of Valentine's underwear, putting them on your lover, then taking them off and making sweet love. So, MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you'll get 15% off and free shipping. Total no-brainer because they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you try these on and you don't love them, you can send them back with your ball funk on them and they'll give you your money back. Now that's a deal. To get your 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash Honeymoon. That's MeUndies.com slash Honeymoon. Now we're going to call Christina in Texas. Hello? Christina? Yes? In Texas? Yes. Oh my God, Christina, it's Moshe Kasher. And Natasha Legero. I never thought this would happen. I'm so excited. Well, dreams do come true, <laughs> Texas. They say never meet your heroes, so I hope you don't disappoint. Well, you're not meeting us, so don't worry about it. They <laughs> right. never mention right. never podcast with your heroes. <laughs> Well, let's talk about why we're your heroes. What is it about us? No, let's not do that. Christina, tell us why you called today. Okay. Well, I have a psycho roommate and I need advice. I'm Ooh, I don't like this. I had one. I had one. I had one. Oh. What's going on? Um, so we met through like our boyfriends and we always used to like go out together and do homework together. And I thought, you know, we have fun. She's determined in school. So it'd be like a good match. And I'm like never home anyway because I work so much. And so we go on this trip together over uh, our summer break and we are already living with each other at this point and we're getting ready together. And I see that she has this brand of bought like hair stuff that I use. And I was like, Oh, I use that same brand. And she goes, Oh, it's yours. So. <laughs> I mean, that's a little normal. That's a little abnormal, but not that crazy. Okay, Yeah. Yeah. We're not in psycho territory. yet. <laughs> She's like, Oh, it's yours. She's like, I just was raised sharing everything. Right. Like, oh, it's yours, and it also has some of your hair that I clipped off in the night. <laughs> exactly. But so I have this camera that we put in our living room because we get a lot of break-ins. As soon as we get back... Wait, how many break-ins do you get? Hold on, hold on. What do you mean that you get a lot of break-ins? Our neighborhood gets a lot of break-ins. Like, while you're sleeping in your house, people come in if you don't lock the door. Okay. Have you ever? That sounds terrifying. I'd want a roommate too. I didn't. Better if she's a psycho. Right. She could scare them off. She's like, (laughs) "You think you're crazy, bitch? I'm crazy. I got this roommate of mine's period blood in this shampoo bottle." (laughs) Um, but then I just caught several, several videos of her going through my things and taking them without asking. And I've asked her before, if you want something, just ask. Well, over. Uh, Christmas break I uh, sorry holiday break thank you thank you (laughs) see I know you're from Texas but don't be a fucking bigot (laughs) Um, she texts me to ask if she can use something and I'm like wow that's so weird that she actually asked and then I realized she asked because she already broke it (laughs) what was it Um, a $300 microderm abrasion machine Oh, man. I hate it when I break my microdermabrasion machine. So has she done anything else that warrants, you know, the category of psycho? Yeah, besides just borrowing things without asking. Oh, yes. Go ahead. She got a dog and didn't ask or tell me about it until the night before. She never asked, just told me. 
the night before. You know, that is so funny that you mentioned that because when you said psycho roommate, I remember that I had a friend. She's not a psycho. She's my friend to this day, but she was a tough roommate to have. She, this person that was living with me and she, she was working at a pound and she's like, hey, do you mind if I get this cat? I was the leaseholder. It was my house and she moved in. And she goes, do you mind if I get this cat? It's got feline HIV. And I was like, yeah. Oh, uh, yes, I mind. Yeah, I was like, exactly. I'm like, yeah, no, you can't bring the AIDS cat home. Like, that's like, we. there's no pets on the lease. No. And I came home the next day and the cat was there. So this woman did a little bit of a spin on it, which is that she asked. I said no. And then the cat was there. And that night, I, which is what I think I'm probably going to tell you to do, that night, I said, you have 30 days to move out. What was your psycho roommate situation, Natasha? Um, I had a woman who I think maybe ended up being in love with me. Like she had like a crazy stalker she was always talking about or a crazy ex-boyfriend. And then I realized, oh, she's stalking this guy. Uh-huh. And then she would like come home. And then I had a boyfriend and she would like knock on our door at like Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and be like, hi, I'm coming in bed. And then she would like come inside the shower like naked, like I'm coming in. <laughs> and then like she would like, then all of a sudden one day I remember she like threw a vase at me when I was walking down the steps and she's like, you don't contribute to our house as a home. And I was That's like, That's how she is. Wait, no. All you've described <laughs> is a person that used your microdermabrasion thing. But then this no, woman. This is the buildup. Oh, 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 sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. So, yeah. So then I realized, oh, this woman I think is in love with me and unstable and she's stalking her ex-boyfriend. And it's all she talks about and she's really dynamic and funny and interesting. So I like listen to her and she like gets my attention. But then at the same time, she like doesn't have boundaries. And like, oh, I remember one time I had a boyfriend over and she like was in like an Oxford shirt. And she just like had no underwear on underneath and she just like lifted her leg up and like flashed, flashed her pussy, you know, like that's a lot. I love it. Yeah, it's just uh, so I was like, oh, this is someone. But I, you know, I was young, so I hadn't ever met anyone like that, you know, because I was in New York. So I I think that. Well, I want to hear the rest before I give her the advice. But I do want to tell you, Christina, that that pussy that she flashed also had feline HIV. <laughs> okay, so you were building up to telling us the crescendo. What happened? What's- yes. I am not a betting person, but I would bet that she has never opened a door without slamming it. Like, she wakes up every day just finding she's not happy unless she's angry at somebody else. Uh-huh. And she has so much passive aggression towards me. And so she calls me one day angry that my camera was in my room because she went in there. And like I told her I was done with her pettiness and I'm done with her passive aggressiveness and I was putting my foot down. I was like, don't speak to me like this anymore. Now we haven't spoken in a week. We have very thin walls and our doors are right beside each other. So, so she's night, probably listening. Is, is she listening to this right now as you record this oh, call? God, no, I'm in my car. Okay. <laughs> um, I go into her room last night and I said, so are we going to talk about this like adults or are you going to ignore me until we move out? And she said, I'd rather not talk about it right now. So <laughs> this, she like keeps taking my things out of the washer, like mid washer and just leaving them on the floor. <laughs> and like, it's just all of these things and I don't know what to do. Here's the thing. It's going to get worse. So you just need to like find a way if it's your place to give her her month's notice or if it's her place get out like now yeah who's the leaseholder you share what nobody is the leaseholder we we basically lease out our rooms oh tell me more well 
like she has a lease with this like neighborhood company and I also have a lease with the same neighborhood company. Yes. Oh, well this is very simple. This is very simple how to solve this. You what you all what you have to, all you have to do is wait till very late at night till you're sure she's sleeping. Sneak in there with a large knife and end her life. No, here's what you do. You call the neighborhood company. You say I'm living with an unstable thief. I need out of my lease. I don't know what you want. Whatever you need to do with her is what you need to do with her. You get out of the lease, uh, your side of the lease, and you you tell them that you feel you fear for your personal safety, and you never talk to her again, and you don't leave any forwarding information, and that relationship is over. I mean, it's very obvious. What if for some reason the people that she sends that letter to show show the show the girl? Or the girl sees it or something. Is that possible? And then she sure. becomes more psycho. Like- sure, that is possible. But there's no way out of this without getting without getting out of the apartment, right? I mean, what's the, what's the what, what do you think? You just Christina? don't want to be around someone like that. Yeah. What do you think? What, what what's your best idea? I've done nothing wrong. So like, I'm sick and tired of apologizing, and like, I don't like I don't want to back out if that makes sense. But also, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Oh, you don't want to you don't want to be the one that lost by leaving the apartment. Right. Well, there's an old saying, Christina. Would you <laughs> would you rather be happy or right? Because you can only choose one in this situation. I think you're right. Well, I, that's music to my ears. It's my favorite. So phrase. does he. <laughs> that's so weird. What do you think, Natasha? I mean, I don't really understand two people living in an apartment and having two separate leases. I've never heard of that, so I don't really understand. That's some Texas shit. They've had six flags <laughs> hang, uh, flying <laughs> over that state. It's their, like their you guys are different. What do you? Sh- what's the common room? Do you guys have to share a bathroom? No, we just share the living room and the kitchen and like and the washing. Machine. You share the living room, the kitchen, the washing machine, and all of your uh, belongings. yeah apparently those are communal i mean the whole idea that i i understand that have you ever heard of that though where there's two different leases no but i you know jewish though i am i'm not an expert in real estate law like i don't know there's two different issues here one is that you you want you want to be you don't want to back down which i relate to you like she's the one that did the wrong thing so why should you be the one to find the new apartment all right here's what i think i just figured it out the lease thing it she owns the house just imagine she owns the house get out how do you get out of this in fact just I, get out of it like call them do you don't have to say she's psychotic say hi i need to get out of my lease immediately please what's the easiest way right you know i don't want to make this a bigger issue than it has to but please i'd like to be uh, this is my 30 days right you know what i mean like just leave okay. yeah it's obvious find another cool place yeah because like battle her for two years who care like right. your be, life is too short be miserable in your living situation rather than admit rather than back down it doesn't make any sense you got to get out of there because Natasha said it correctly. It's going to get way worse. It's not going to get better. You guys are in like a little weird war right now. She's like fantasizing about you and your life and she seems slightly obsessed with you. The other thing is crazy always wins because they don't play by the rules. So you're like, well, I should share reality. I feel like I'm going crazy. Like she, I am normally very calm, cool and collected and the more passive aggressive she's been, like she got back from break and her car was filled to the brim with things. And she didn't talk to me because I didn't help her unpack her car. And I had to go to work. Like, 
Well, I mean, you keep trying to apply your logical rules to her illogical world. You don't but, share reality. Right. You guys are living in two different realities. And here's what's going to happen. Either she's going to go really crazy or she's going to make you snap and you're going to join her reality and you're going to go crazy. Both terrible options. I might options. throw puncher. No, I wouldn't throw puncher. Then then you're like, well, I didn't admit, I, I never backed down and didn't admit that I was, I never said I was wrong, but I am in jail. So what's the point? You know, the last time I saw my crazy roommate, I was walking down like we had like a walk up on the Upper East Side and I was walking down with my boyfriend with my final thing of furniture and she like had a had a coffee mug and she pretended to throw it at me and she was like, ha ha, gotcha. <laughs> I'm just saying like she was like losing her mind. Right. And that's the this thing. girl seems crazy. Like, How, how old are you? I'm 21. So you're 21, so you're young. This is one thing that I have noticed in my in my time on Earth. The people who are young and seem a little off, they don't they often don't correct by the time they're 25. They get much much worse. So young weird becomes old completely insane. Get out while you still have your body and your things intact because what will happen is you'll you'll keep pushing, you'll be like, "Why should I back down? I did nothing wrong." And you will come home and your stuff will be on fire and you'll uh, she'll attack you or there'll be a fucking axe in your bunny. Get out. Get out while you can. Thank God you have two different leases. Okay. That's what we think. I think that's what I'm going to have to do. Uh, as your heroes, did we do the job? I think you did. Hell yeah. And I didn't get made fun of, so. Oh, don't get us wrong. We we think all of your life choices are a huge mess. <laughs> we, th- we think you've done nothing right. We just don't think you're as bad as your roommate. That's your 20s, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Okay, good luck. Good luck out there. Get out of there. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I will. Bye. Bye. Okay, Natasha, what do you say we play some secrets? Okay. Hi. Um, something that no one knows about me is that probably about once a week, I use my boyfriend's beard trimmer to trim my pubic hair, and he <laughs> has no idea. But it works really well, and yeah, it's great. Thanks for all you do. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for all, for all you do. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally do that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Really? Using someone else's beard trimmer to trim your pubic hair? 100%. Well, you they know should what? be so lucky. Right. I guess it's a win-win. It's a win for everybody. Would you really care? No, I guess I wouldn't. He gets a qua- she, she gets to look at a nice quaffed beard, and he gets to look at a beautiful little triangle. <laughs> well, we support what you're doing. Thanks for all you do. Thank you for your service. Hi, guys. So I love your show. This is my secret. It's a shared secret between me and my partner, so I don't know if it applies. Uh, but a few years back, people were stealing packages off of our porch, and in a fit of rage, my partner and I were talking about things we could do to them, and he came up with the idea of shitting in a box and leaving it for them on the porch, and he went to work the next day, and I thought it was a good idea on my day off to shit in a bag and put it in a box, and I'm a pretty healthy person, you know, so it was pretty gross, and the whole house stunk, and, um... So I put it in a box and wrapped it all up and put it on the porch. And I sent my partner a text and said it's on the porch. And he thought, you know, this is just an idea. We were just talking. Why did you? Why did you do that? Um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm a working professional, so I felt like it was a little out of my character. But I've also, you know, been um, kind of impulsive. So 
he told me to throw it in the trash and, and we made a deal that whenever he comes up with an idea, because I will put it into action because I get shit done. Literally. He has to tell me that it's just an idea and not to do anything. So that's our shared secret. I shit in a bag, put it in a box. We should have left it for the mail thieves. That's my opinion, but he was afraid that they would just slap it back on our door. Have a great day. <laughs> By the way, first of all, he's right. That would have been a dumb thing to do. Cause I'm, they... I'm not with you. I think they, <laughs> I wish they left it. That would have been awesome. Yeah, but then ultimately they would, your house would get targeted even more. I, what I was more that would suck. What I was more curious about was what is this woman's idea of what healthy is? She's like, I'm a pretty healthy person, so it was a mountain of caca that smelled like pure poisonous gas. It was, uh, I would say, the most noxious fumes of all time because you know health. And also, her husband's like, "Hey, when we have ideas, let's not put them into action." I know it's a it's a funny <laughs> idea that they're like they're musing about their ultimate revenge fantasy, and she's like, "Bye, honey." <laughs> I thought this is what you wanted. <laughs> oh, man, I wish. I wish they had left it for the thief. But good on you for not getting attacked by but a package. Moshe, can't you shit. admit there's something to not wanting to target your house? Is like, that they would be fair. so mad that they opened that and found like diarrhea. It is. A, that they they really would smear it on your house. Well, they know or, where it came from. Well, or. It's not a great plan yeah and they are criminals and that's fair yeah but there's a possibility okay hear me out they get the package they bring it home they open it they're like ew doo-doo they open it all the way they smell it and they go oh my goodness this is one healthy lady maybe she's too physically intimidating and imposing for us to attack we'll leave her be they could maybe they could tell i think they would be really mad yeah and i think they're very immature package thieves Yes. I think they're immature. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I just think someone would, 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 would get revenge on. I would talk you out of it is what I'm trying to say because I could totally see you. I wouldn't shit wanting to, No, you wouldn't do that, but I could see you wanting to do something like that where I'm like, this could backfire. Have I ever told the story of the van out front on this podcast? No. No? There was a van out, parked out front in our neighborhood and it was there. It was like a kind of hippie camping van and it was there for quite a while. And after about two weeks, I gave him two weeks, I put a note on the van that said, um, hey, time to move along. And I get a note back on the van, on in, in front of my house. He put a, van, a note on his own van <laughs> going, hey, man, I assume he said it like this. Hey, man, I'm house sitting in the neighborhood. Relax. Right. And I go, relax, huh? Okay. I'll relax, <laughs> motherfucker. So here's what I did. I drove to the lo- to the closest police station and I walked inside cool as a cucumber and I was like, oh, hey, um, what's the name of our local beat cop in this neighborhood? And they were like, oh, that'd be Officer Claw 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 Claw. And I was like, oh, okay. Hey, um, do you have one of his business cards by any chance just in case I need it? And they're like, yeah, sure. And they gave me the business card and I drove back to my house. By the way, this is like three miles away. I drove back to my house and I, with Natasha's help, I wrote a note on the back of the police uh, beat cops business card in what I assumed was like cop writing. I don't know why I thought they write different, but it was like more, (laughs) more block letter. And it said, PLZ, please move vehicle. And I put that under the windshield. And guess what? Next day, no more van. And I was so proud of myself because I was like thinking to myself, there is no way this fucking fish head, this like, 
you know, dead and company traveler could imagine a man so petty as me to get in my car and drive all the way to the police station just to get a business card. And about a month later, I saw the van again in a totally different neighborhood. And I was pleased. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Moshe. So my secret is that every time my sister is exceptionally mean to me, I key her car a little bit more. So they're like tally marks of hate. For reference, her car is um, like a 2017 Mazda and mine is a 1991 Acura. It just feels good. Okay, thanks. Bye. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Have you not heard of talking to your sister? It makes me feel less guilty about not giving our child a sibling. Well, because it could be a keying situation. <laughs> oh, man. I will say, I mean, a Mazda isn't like a great car. I mean, it's a good car. But I do get particularly angry when I get cut. Today, I, got, I, got, I let someone in in like a 2019 BMW. I let someone in in traffic and he didn't say thank you. And I just was like filled with rage. I was like, just fucking say thank you. Why is it always the luxury vehicles that have the most inconsiderate drivers? I wouldn't focus on that because I think that probably everyone's pretty in- inconsiderate. Actually, Natasha? I know there's a study. Well, there's a study. Did I, have I talked about it on here before? No. There's but a I- scientific study that they did at UC Berkeley where they dressed up a guy like a UC Berkeley student and he would cross in the crosswalk as traffic was coming and they would observe which cars would stop and almost like, I would say, like by a large margin, the people that wouldn't stop would be people in re- in $80,000 cars, really fancy cars. Right. They really drive worse. Uh, stop keying your sister's car. Talk yeah. to her. That's your sister. Yeah, get past it. Yeah, I don't like this one. I mean, I like you, but I don't like this. Okay, good luck. Let's do one more. So, my dad's a pretty terrible person with a long history of domestic violence, and my mother finally broke out of that and left him, and so I don't have to see him again or deal with him ever again. And I do I do wish him the worst, and I hope that the worst things happen to him, but I'm not willing to contribute a lot of energy into into making those things happen. So what I've decided to do is anytime a, a like a opportunity on a website to um to put your phone number in and it says it's required and it's annoying because you're not gonna sell your number and you have like a million sales calls. I just always put his uh phone number in and um and sometimes I just randomly call businesses and and say like, Oh yeah, my name is and Give the number eight two eight three seven one. Terrible person. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's pretty satisfying. Have a good one. I don't know if that's legal. <laughs> Wait, here's what I love about this. Because like hearing her talk at first, I was like, okay, absolutely. She needs to get over this. But then like towards the end, I'm like, it makes her feel good. She right. should do it. And it's also like, I loved the uh, the juxtaposition between the severity of his crimes and the pettiness of her revenge. <laughs> but you know? it makes her feel good. But at the same time, it's like, I understand that if you have someone who is abusive in your family and you're close with someone else and you feel good about things, it's like now like why you don't want to revisit it so it's not like she needs to like come to contact him and get into it and discuss it and talk about their childhood she might not want that right and so it just feels good to just write it off what do they say the best revenge is a life well lived or something like that like you do want to get to the point 
where you don't the best revenge is where you don't think about him at all where he's like out of your psych your consciousness he doesn't occupy any of your psychic space but in the meantime i do like the idea that you're like my dad is a ritual serial domestic abuser and an (laughs) evil human being and so to get back at him i've given him a little bit of spam phone calls to deal with (laughs) there is something cool about that I'm glad that your father is out of your life, and I, I, I think we both hope for the day where you if, don't even care enough anymore. Yes, exactly. If 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 you're getting too amped by the whole situation, you could like put it to rest for good. But, Give it to one last thing and do a ceremony and say it's over. Well, we do have almost five million listeners to this podcast, and you just gave them all the phone number. <laughs> is it ten million or five million this week? It's a lot. So. If you're out there, there's a hearty F you to you. And maybe we should have beeped it. I don't know if that was legal. Are we going to beep it? Our producer is nodding yes. So (laughs) once again, you can fuck yourself, you piece of shit with the initials. (laughs) Eat a big dick. Hey, Tosh. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about taking a multivitamin recently, so I decided to give it a shot. Walked into our bathroom, opened up our cabinet, grabbed a pill bottle at random, and swallowed all of them. Guess what? What? Viagra. Rough weekend for me. Yeah, rough weekend for me, too. Ow. Lucky weekend. Well, you could take a multivitamin. Thanks to Kat Schneider and her team at Ritual, there's a brand new multivitamin just for women. Ritual is designed to be gentle on an empty stomach. That's one of my problems with vitamins is because I don't eat enough breakfast, I take them in the morning, and then my stomach hurts. Well, they're obsessively researched and clinically backed. Ritual's clinical study of Essential for Women, which is the name of their vitamin, showed an increase in vitamin D levels and omega-3 DHA levels. Daily changes can lead to big results, so start small today. Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off your first three months. You can try it out, satisfaction guaranteed, by going to ritual.com slash honeymoon, and you can start Ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash honeymoon. If you're a woman and you've been looking for a multivitamin, Ritual is the one for you. It's the one for you. Okay, we're going to call John from Portland, Oregon. Hello? Hello? John? (laughs) No. Is John around? Oh, Christina, why are we calling Christina again? Hey, Christina, we were just calling you back. No, listen, we've never had any technical difficulties on this podcast, (laughs) and this is not one. We were calling back to make sure that you were, in fact, going to break your lease. Yeah, what did you think? Yeah, what do you think of our advice? Um, I actually think I'm going to do it. Hell yeah. Listen, there's never a good time to do a bad thing. Be strong. Just do it. And also, Christina, we can't talk right now. We honestly have to go. (laughs) So you're being a little bit, you're being a little extra trying to like get some more time (laughs) on the phone with us. So bye. That was funny, actually. I didn't know because I was like, it's Portland. There's a lot of trans people. I honestly, when you started laughing, I was like, I thought it might have been someone named John. Hello? John. John. Uh, hi. Hi. Hi, how's it going? I'm pretty good. How are you? Well, I'm good. bad. Oh, we're good. Oh, bad. No, we're not great. We're having some problems. Y- you're having some problems. Well, uh, 
maybe I can help. Okay, <laughs> listen, the reason we called, John. Well, actually, you know what would really help, John? What's that? If you could distract us from our problems with a problem of your very own. Oh, well, yeah, I guess I could help with that. Great. Why'd you call? Why'd you contact uh, us? So, uh, first off, big, big fan of both of you guys. Thank you. Uh, RIP R- the champs. Thank you. Yes. May, may it um, rest in peace. Yeah. Fuck Neil. He'll never listen to this. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree with half of what you said. He won't listen to this. That's no, I love sure. Neil. Um, <laughs> he definitely hey. does not listen to my podcast, though. <laughs> um. So I'm uh, I am a, I'm a married man of of 35, and my wife and I have been together for 11 years. Got married young. And yeah, um, and basically I'm worried that we are not sexually compatible anymore. What uh, what has changed, and what do you mean anymore? Um, frequency, and also just the. We just enjoy sex, different types of sex, and I don't. I think she maybe uh, has got uh, less interested in in pretending to enjoy the way I like to have sex. Maybe. Oh, interesting. Okay. How do you like to have sex? Um, you know, I guess uh, I'm probably less less romantic about it. Um, I think if, if it was up to her, every time we had sex, we would be having missionary sex, gazing into each other's eyes and climaxing <laughs> together. <laughs> With rose petals spread all over the hotel bed. So she's a bit of a hack. <laughs> <laughs> and how would you, yeah. what's, what's, what, what, how would you have it? Oh, I'm punching her in the back of the head, shitting <laughs> on my own legs. No, no, I, no, <laughs> uh, no not into any kind of violent, or or uh any sort of uh, you know nothing crazy i just i i enjoy uh sex from from behind i guess is the, the so you want to fuck her doggy style in like and just kind of get it over with every night um how many how many nights a week do you want to do that uh at least a couple nights a week would be great okay like, like two yeah two and and that, i feel like that was kind of our frequency and in the last couple of years, it's kind of been more like oh, once every couple weeks. Do you guys have do you guys have kids? Yeah, so that obviously is a big wrinkle in all this. Uh, we have a, a nine-year-old girl, and we're actually in the process of adopting a seven-year-old boy. Well, I think you guys should get a divorce. No, I'm just kidding. Wait for the <laughs> adoption to be finalized, then get the divorce. You're in the process <laughs> of adopting a seven-year-old. That sounds fascinating and amazing. That's that's really cool. Uh, yeah, we just, so, and, and that kind of goes back. So, um, there's, there's so much to this, this story, I guess. We but, got time, but I just want to jump in and say nothing spices up the old sex life like a seven year old adoptee. <laughs> right. Where's the, where's right. he from? Or with, she? With, yeah. With attachment issues. Oh no, he's, he's from just down the road where we live. I mean, he's, he's <laughs> this is a, a foster to adopt situation. Got it. Got it. You guys are good people. So wait, is there more that you want to tell us? Because I have some thoughts already, but I want to know. Tell us more. So, when, one of the th- we we split up for about five months when we were seven years in, because I got a vasectomy. I was kind of done having biological children, and she she said that she wanted me to get the vasectomy, but then has since told me that it was a terrible mistake. <laughs> And then, 
so so she she kind of was ready to have a second child and i wasn't quite ready yet and so well, so i was i was like well maybe i should just get a vasectomy and she said go ahead and i just did it and i don't think she thought i would um we recently heard another story about a partner that suggested something the other person followed through with it and it was a bad idea but that was shitting yeah. in a box so that doesn't really apply to your situation. <laughs> so yeah so go ahead so now so she's gotten her way she's getting another child well, and that was always kind of my idea that I finally got her to come on board with. Um, I always thought that we would adopt um, if we didn't have another uh, biological child. So that's that was kind of my whole idea. And I finally got her to come around after the vasectomy and told her I wasn't going to get it reversed and all that stuff. <laughs> so, um yeah, and so we, we split up for a little while. We saw different people, and then we got back together. And then it's been it's been good ever since. But, you know, lately it's just I, – I don't know if it's just the stress. I work a lot. You know, she's at home, and, and you know, it's just it, – you know, maybe, maybe I, I'm just being unrealistic about my expectations. And your expectations uh, are what, doggy style? Doggy style uh, twice a week. On occasion, yes. <laughs> I mean, I my thought here is like there's layers to what you're saying. Uh, you guys are obviously decent people, and are you? Wait, I have a few more. I have I have a few more follow ups. Oh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Natasha. I just want to know what's your name again. John. That's all I wanted John. to know. That's no, <laughs> John. How's the relationship other than the sex? Like, are you guys like excited about adopting this kid? Does everything feel good and positive? Is there energy? Is there fun? Does you do you have a good relationship with your kid? What's the general vibe minus the sex? Uh, it's good. I mean, we're we're definitely excited about adopting the kid, but you know, he's got he's got some some issues that we're we're having to work through with him, and and it's a it's a whole new dynamic. I mean, both him and our daughter were used to being only children and now they have to have a sibling and, and, you know, both have mixed feelings about that. And then, and, you know, he has you know trauma in his past that he's dealing with and, and it, it rears its ugly head in all sorts of fun so you, ways. So you guys are like diving into this like really big thing together, yeah, together know, and, and it's like exciting, <laughs> but also challenging. But can I just point something right. out, John? Uh, sure. I mean, even though I am only a comedian, I think I've been pretty funny up until this point. So I feel like it's time for me to switch gears. Natasha just asked you how your relationship was, <laughs> other, oh, oh, yeah. other than other than the sex life, and you said really good. He's a good boy. He's got some attachment <laughs> issues. We're working through that. It's like how's you, you avoided that question probably subconsciously, but she was asking like other than the sex life issues that you guys are having. Is your relationship yeah. fulfilling and fun and and loving? I, I no, I I, I must have mis misheard you or subconsciously blocked it out. But uh, no, uh, I I love my wife. She's a wonderful person. She she also has trauma in her past and and some, um, you know, some stuff that that she has dealt with and and we. It's, you know, it's, we've been together for a long time. It's, it's, you know, stuff sometimes just builds up and gets on your nerves and then totally. you fight about it. Yeah, no, I, 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 that's what I'm getting from you too. I was getting that. I'm really, I'm really grateful to hear you say that you guys still have love in your relationship because like it's from, from a strange... And that's a long time to, a lot of people don't have 10 year relationship. How, right. how many years? 10? 
11, 11 married, 12 together. We got, we, it was a very fast courtship too. And, and, you know, when it happened, my family was kind of freaked out because I never really had a serious girlfriend before I got married. So well, welcome to the, a, welcome to the never had a serious girlfriend before you got married club, or I guess I should, I guess you're the president. I'm, I'm merely a new member. But, um, <laughs> yeah. W- welcome. But I'm, I'm, I, what I'm hearing as a stranger listening to this is that you and your wife have love for each other. I mean, I can't talk to her, so I don't know her her story. But you have love for your wife. There's love in the relationship. You guys are good people. Obviously, you're willing to take on a really big uh, relationship family challenge. A lot of people wouldn't do that. Something a lot of like people that. wouldn't be able to do it. I, I know sometimes adopt uh, parents who adopt are tired of hearing about hearing what heroes they are. But like, so we'll, we'll not we'll not go there. But what you're doing is certainly a it's a big chunk. That you're biting off emotionally and spiritually. It's a bigger, a bigger chunk than adopting an infant. Even you're you're adopting a person with a that I'm with an, a developed personality, and a lot of people just would be too scared. It's to do definitely going to take a lot of time. Yeah, it's basically, you know. So you guys have this thing. You've got this firmament. You've got this eleven year thing. This be this love that you've developed. But like my the primary thing that I was hearing was that your wife doesn't like sex the way you the way you posed it i don't i don't even know if you said this but the way you posed it is like your wife doesn't like sex the way you like it you like it hard and raw and crazy and like you know that was the vibe i was getting from you like i'm like i like it more porno style and she likes it more gazing and like romance novel style and then the way what you described was doggy style it's like there is that is not high enough on the freak ladder for this to really be about your your sexual predilections you know what i'm saying like there's no way that what you're asking for is so crazy and out of the box that she just can't answer the doorbell when you ring for doggy because it's like doggy style ain't that crazy right i mean and and it's not even that that she won't do it it's that i guess i would hope that she would be more into Into it and i can tell when she's not into it and that bothers me and doesn't and it makes it harder for me to to feel fulfilled. I guess. Of Does she course. care if you watch porn? Yes, she doesn't she like you to do that. Porn. Well, I guess. Um, well, then I mean, she needs to get over that. all right good she needs to get over you can't be like you can't listen to porn and then you only want to fuck you know every fortnight well once a fortnight (laughs) yeah is it decreasing by the way uh the frequency of sex yeah i know that you said it has decreased but is it steadily decreasing does it feel like it's getting longer and longer between um, it is well. It is when when she she finds out that I've been watching porn, and then she gets mad and kind of withholds from me. Right. You know, basically says you have some issues that you need to deal with, and you know, I'll be you know, I'll until you deal with those, and I don't want to touch you. Kind of right. kind of deal. Well, John, again, we're not licensed professionals. We mostly just <laughs> like to grab onto things that people say and make fun of them in a way that's fun for everybody. <laughs> but. Right. Um, but what I'm hearing very clearly, well, I have two. I have two questions. First of all, you, you guys are doing a lot of um, uh, of work with this kid. I assume that you're doing a lot of like counseling and stuff like that to get the kid ready to join your family. Is are that- you guys Christian? Uh, she is. I would call myself agnostic, but okay. I will go to church with her. Out of you know. So, so she has like a like a very strong moral kind of compass and it, but, but that's not what this i'm not getting that i'm not getting that that's what this is about you, you they don't share okay well I, I what what were you gonna say no i go ahead 
Well, I, I'm not getting that this is like a moral issue because it's like... They fight about it all the time, it seems like, the porn. Right, but you're, you're like husband and wife, right? I mean, it's like this couldn't be... The porn thing is a separate thing to me. What I'm asking is you guys have been doing a lot of... Uh, uh, I'm right in, in saying that you guys have been going to counseling to get this kid ready to join your family, right? Like he's in counseling, you guys are working with someone, is that right? Correct. I mean, there's there's all sorts of people involved in of the... Course in that system totally so you guys already have a, a a therapeutic situation in your family unit do you and your wife separately from all of this go to a couple's counselor to talk about your your issues as they do not relate to your children uh we have and it's well the first time we went uh, the the woman started seeing my wife individually, <laughs> yeah. which struck me as odd. Yeah, and and then our couple sessions kind of got a bit strange, and I, we we had That's a conflict sort of, a, of inter- interest. I think. I, I yeah, I kind of felt that way too. Um, but yeah, so we eventually I forget what happened, but we we stopped going to see her. And then we saw another woman, and I think we went to one session, and my wife felt like we were ganging up on her, and we never went back. Because they weren't like her personal therapist. Well, (laughs) that's interesting, because it's like both of you went, you guys went to couples counseling twice. One time, the therapist was too... Uh, this is like Jack Spratt and his wife are the three bears. One time the, the, three thera- bears, yeah. the therapist was too, was too much on your wife's side. The other time the therapist was too much on your your side. And the response to those two things was to never go to therapy again. It feels like if you had just gone one more time, you would have found this perfect counselor who would have who would have had an even keel. I mean, what I'm he- what I'm hearing very loudly uh, from you and t- Natasha, tell me what you think. I'm hearing very loudly that you guys are deeply invested in your family and in the kind of work, the hard work that it takes to create and build a family. You guys actually more than most families because you have to have like the state and the foster care department and the child protective services and and this weekly visits. Yes. So you guys are like all in on the therapeutic stuff that has to do with like the family. You're going to vasectomies. You're getting a vasectomy. You're doing, it's all like about like the family unit, the kids, the you know, kids, family, kids, family. And in the meantime, while you guys have been dealing with this like loud family stuff, you guys have allowed your marriage to atrophy due to not watering that garden. That garden mm-hmm. is dried up because all you've been doing is focusing on the parts of your of your life that are not the garden. It's exactly what you said, Moshe, too. Like, I asked him about his relationship, and he just talked about his son, his, the, the, or the, the child exactly. they're adopting. I, I, maybe you missed, didn't hear us, but it feels like I, that felt like So it sounds like they need symbolic. to add more. Yeah, and they need to just have some, a little bit more romance. You need to add. Got to go away every three weeks. Yeah, add together some, as a couple. Add some water to that garden. That's what is clear to me. You, I think it's time to find another counselor, because like you guys are at an impasse, right? You, you want more sex, she won't give it to you. You then turn to porn, she ro- she forbids it from you. What is the option? You, your options are to go to counseling and figure out how to get your sex life revitalized and pay more attention to it, or or for you to continue to look at porn and betray her or worse but the real truth is porn is okay and she that needs is, to get over it i i i do agree and but every if she can different. never get over that i would have that would be very 
challenging, I think, for well, for a person who thinks that porn is okay. What do you think, John? Do you feel guilty about porn? I do now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get that. I, I never, I never used to. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way she's explained it to me, she she does she does feel like it is an infidelity. I mean, that's that's how she feels about it, and I don't. I don't think there's any way that I can convince her otherwise, but I don't. And I, and at the same time, it's I, I feel like, well, why should I even need it? Well, the you reason know, like, that you should need it. You're is not be- allowed to jerk off only once every three weeks. <laughs> um, I am. But and that's and that's the, one of the things that I've, I've thought about saying to her uh, is, well, I could just, you know, uh, masturbate thinking about your friends or other <laughs> women in my life that aren't you who does she want you to think about the lord her she wants me to think about her oh fascinating i mean listen <laughs> she must be really hot this she, she's she's very attractive yes. this brings me to my my final thought which i think is my my most profound thought. I mean, and I mean so strong. I mean, what do you think when I say that? You have to go back to counseling. You can't, a man, this is not my final thought. A man is not, should not, a person should not live a life with a romantic partner where they are being forced into sexual anorexia because the other person doesn't want to give them what they want. And at the same time, a partner shouldn't be forced to have sex that they don't enjoy because their partner has a higher sex drive than them. This is what we call an impasse. So the way to an impasse is not to just hope that it changes the way to an impasse is to put some work into it you guys have put a lot of work in your family unit but less work into your love unit and and as a result it's suffering do you agree that maybe it would be time to seek some some f- help I, I i do i i think i think you're probably right um wh- one other thing i should add she also insisted that none of the married couples we know are having oral sex w- what <laughs> She, that that's that's her assertion. Oh oh oh! I I thought you meant she needed your friends to abstain from oral sex. You're saying she's claiming that none of your friends engage in oral sex. Correct. So yes. that she can get out of it. Right, because I've said that you know she said, well, what what do you what do you want? Because I told her I'm not fully satisfied, and I I mentioned that, and she said, well, nobody we know is doing that, so. And I thought that was completely irrelevant. What what kind of sex does she like? So she just like when you say she wants to stare in your eyes, like does she put on music? Does she set the tone? Does she just she just wants to lay there? Like what's what's the um, vibe? Mm, oh, very well. We we got you know we we got kids. So we're not putting on music. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you want them to be able to hear it, right? Baby shark, baby shark, baby shark. Got a good rhythm. Wait, so wait, I hold on. She says that all of your friends don't have oral sex. Not only is that irrelevant, it's impossible that it's true unless you're friends with incredibly. Apparently, everybody that she's talking to claims that they don't. I mean, who are these people? They're all like church-going Christians. Is that? Is oral sex against Christianity? Do they not do that? I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess if, if sex is only supposed to be for procreation, yeah. Yeah, but you don't have to, I mean. Is that what your wife thinks? No, she doesn't. So you um, guys like are kind of cool. Like you kind of get her vibe. But at the same time, she's like a little, like her parents are probably very religious and she's been brainwashed. Is that well, kind of the yeah, case? Both, both her parents are dead. Uh, her Her dad died when she was very young and her mom died while she was pregnant with our daughter. So. There's were they religious? There. I mean, it uh, can... her mom, 
her mom was very religious, but also more like spiritual. And she kind of jumped around all these different Christian faiths and, and I grew up Catholic, but kind of drifted away from the Catholic church. I just don't Jewish. think this is a religious issue. I think there's plenty of Christians out there with healthy sex lives. This is about, she thinks porn is cheating on her, on her. I hear you. I hear you. That's that like, is an she's issue. She's got to get over that. Well, the reality is eventually you will not be able to sustain this. This is not sustainable, this this sex thing that you have going on. You're either going to go to counseling and find a way to make this better. You're going to continue to look at porn because it's and it is not wrong for you to look at porn if you're if you're not getting sexual fulfillment from your wife in my opinion but you're either going to continue to look at porn and get busted and self-flagellate again and again and again after you self-flagellate you're going to really self-flagellate again and again and again forever or you're going to start lying to your wife for you know years at a time or you're going to cheat on your wife and that those are the things that are going to happen something's going to change i i have a question Okay, and yeah. I know I know you've been talking for a long time, but I, I this just is have... just fascinating. We're enjoying. This. <laughs> so, in therapy, have you ever mentioned that your wife thinks that looking at porn is cheating? Because I'm curious what a professional would say about she's that. She's not alone in that. She's not the only woman on earth that thinks. But I'm porn wondering is what cheating. a professional would think. Like, does do I, has, have I therapists agreed? I don't know that we ever got to that. Maybe when you we should were talk therapy. about it in therapy because it's like if she is only giving it up once or twice a month. And then not allowing you to look at porn and thinking it's actually cheating on her. And then she's like going to get emotional about that. I just don't understand. She's kind of sounding like a little bit of a cock tease. No, (laughs) Natasha. (laughs) But but, but what I am hearing is a wife that doesn't want to give their, a person that doesn't want to give their partner sex often. Who also doesn't want their partner to not just not look at it, but think it's cheating. That's like very emotional. Is if setting makes the, him feel guilty. Is setting themselves up for a big disappointment eventually. But here's my final thought. I know I said I was going to give you that 20 minutes ago, and Natasha, if you have one, <laughs> here's the real reality. Unless you want out of this relationship, which you it does not seem like you do. That poor uh, adopted child. Well, I was just going to say. You're adopting a child right now who has trauma and attachment issues. And you are saying to yourself, I am welcoming this boy into our family, warts and all. He will be loved and he will be cared for despite the fact that he's got all of these issues that he brings into our family. And like it or not, John, you have married a person who also brought into your family attachment issues, trauma. You said that yourself. And just as this boy is uh, adopted into your life, so too is this woman married into your life. And there's got to be a way to get through those relational, relational issues that are, don't involve just accepting, that, accepting them. There's got to be a way through. That's what I think. I, I I think there is too. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we can find some, some common ground and, and, you know, a, and a, a sex life that we're both happy with. I mean, that's that's obviously the goal. But you have some evidence before you. You guys have tried to self-negotiate this without uh, without someone for 11 years, and it has netted you this. So you know for sure that that won't work. The status quo as it is now will never. You will never get what you want, and she will never get what she wants. And you've tried going to a therapist once, but that one was too hot. And you tried to go to a therapist twice, but that one was too cold. 
So the next therapist that you guys go find, you should sit, make a rule. This is my thought that you both have to agree to the therapist. So you should go therapy shopping. You shouldn't just call a random therapist and then say, this is the person that we're going to go to counseling with. You should start asking around people and then you should do some phone interviews and then both of you say, I like that person. I like that person. And then that's who you go to. My final yeah, thought I mean, My final thought is, does she like doggy style? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Like does no? Does she put out like? Is she into it or is she like? I don't want to do it that way. Uh, I mean, I feel like maybe in the past she has been, but lately not not at all. Yes, yeah, something has changed, John, and you can't figure it out because you guys aren't communicating well about sex. I think you guys need to go on a vacation. Well, I don't think that would uh, hurt. <laughs> I don't think that. Well, would we hurt. did. We 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 went on a, a trip to Europe for our ten year anniversary, and you know, it was it was great. You know, we went about six months ago, and that was fantastic. And we had a great time. And... Do you have lots of sex? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think something has changed, John, and you will not be able to get to the bottom of it because something unspoken has changed. And you're in like this is triage time. This is time because this is going. This will this will ruin your relationship. I, I I predict that if you don't get serious right now about making massive changes in the same way that you're serious about about helping this little kid that's coming into your life, get serious about helping your sex life with your and your romantic life with your wife because it requires that kind of triage. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't... I don't know what else. <laughs> there's there's not really anything else to do at this point. Well, so do it. That's great. Isn't that great? When there's nothing else to do but one thing, <laughs> you have the answer right in front of you. And the yeah, answer I, is... I just, I, just, I, hope she, I hope she's on board. Well, will you, will you stay in touch and tell us? I have one more, one more thought. Yes, Natasha. Maybe don't adopt the kid. No, Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a home. I know, but it seems like they might break up in like no, two years. No, Natasha. No, I, I think you guys... I honestly can't get past not having sex with your husband and telling him that porn is cheating on him. <laughs> it is pretty rough, John. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. You're in a real bind. You, you're really stuck between a rock and a hard dick. I mean, maybe just play her this podcast. Just She just needs to get over yeah. it. And yeah. you need to oh, like I, really... I, I told... I She does not know I'm on this podcast podcast oh yeah i wouldn't play her the podcast she would take it very well (laughs) i'm telling you you guys have to have a fucking emergency war council meeting you got to go to the mattresses for this marriage because it's it's closer to over than you think you're going to get so frustrated and by the way my real prediction if you don't go to therapy the sex is going to get less and less frequent for sure and until it dries up altogether and you find yourself living in Wales or in the north of England or wherever and not having <laughs> had sex with with your wife in over a year and um, when you guys break up and you look for your next girlfriend make sure to ask her if she thinks porn is cheating <laughs> <laughs> if she likes doggy style Natasha's being really mean, John, but I care. Go to the no, mattresses. I, <laughs> yeah, I, she, my, my wife mentioned something about me getting a girlfriend, but I'm pretty sure that was a trap. I mean, that is hilarious. What if she was like, <laughs> she's like, porn is cheating. And you're like, what about a mistress? She's like, that I'm actually cool with. <laughs> I mean, listen, 
there are couples in the world where the something changes for the for the woman or the man uh, physiologically or psychologically and they're like i'm just not into sex anymore but you can go fuck someone else and they find a way to make that work that's not the case that you're in right now and i just feel like i just feel like if you don't want this thing to slowly corrode until it dies you have to start putting some chemo into it it's hard it is hard i feel for you john i wish we could help more but i think i don't even know what the first steps are the first steps are to talk to your wife in a serious way and say i'm really concerned about our relationship i'm really not getting what i want sexually and i don't want to force you to give it to me because it only is good for me when you're into it I can't find a way past those two things. You won't let me look at pornography because you think it's cheating. The only thing that I have to suggest is we have to see a counselor. This isn't a request. This is something that I need us to do. But then also he could add like how in love with her he is and how attracted he is to her that just to kind of idea. boost her confidence. Right. And then to also say, and I was thinking too, insert your favorite place that you guys like to get away to. Maybe we could go away to this place and alone before we adopt, you know, baby Herkimer or whatever the kid's <laughs> name is down the street. And, and, if, if, and, and just like try to like in, in, you know, cause it seems like you're still into her. It, it, you know, if you were like, I'm kind of over the, you want to fuck her. That's good. That is good. She yes. should be excited. You're right. She should be so lucky. Listen, no one thinks John is the culprit here. But it doesn't really matter who the culprit is because in the, at the end of the day, you guys are a married couple. So your her problems are your problems. But you got to tell her what you're thinking. If none of this works and she refuses outright to go to a counselor, the other possible solution would be to have a dinner party with your five best friend couples <laughs> and at the, the middle of dinner say, so who here likes to fuck each other with your mouths and just see if she's right. <laughs> Okay, we got to go. Yeah, we do have to go. I wish you the best of luck. Will you stay in touch and tell us how things shake out? You can do it. Yes, I will. Thank you. Okay, good luck out there. Bye. Man, that was a rough one. Well, it's just like, don't marry people who think that different things than you think, like in your core belief. Yeah, but some people have trauma, you know, and you fall in love with someone and they have trauma and their sexual trauma becomes more, you know, acute as the years go by and you've married into them. I mean, what if... What if he adopted this kid and they didn't share the same core belief? Should they divorce the adopted kid? No, they got to find a way through it. What if you? What if I started developing some kind of problem? Would you just? What would you do? Where I would only fuck you um, in reverse cowgirl, <laughs> or you really wanted reverse cowgirl and I wouldn't ever give it to you because I thought it was wrong. You'd only sixty nine me. I would only sixty nine <laughs> you because that's what my religion taught. Um, I, I'd probably be okay with that. That's a rough one. I mean, listen, there's a part well, of I just me, think there's something rude to it. Yes. Where you're withholding, but no. you're like, you can't, what is she? And she's like, that seems very unreasonable to me to be a woman, a married woman and think you can only masturbate and think of me. You're right. That's how I thought when I was like in sixth grade. No, you're right. The, in this couple, the wife is being is emotionally and sexually and physically withholding, but that's never the whole issue. That's always just the symptom. Something else is going on, and because they have so much weird other stuff happening in their family and in their past with therapy, they're not talking about what's really going on. So it's like, wait, why don't I get my doggy style? When in reality, the issue is, wait, what's happening with us romantically altogether? Right. I'm so, and, she, and she want you want you want your partner to be sensitive to 
your sex drive. Of course. Like I, I would be worried about you if, if I was like, I'm not going to have sex with you and you can't look at porn. Well, then. You wouldn't need to worry about me. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd find a way. <laughs> but Natasha, I'm grateful to you. And you know why? Why? You give me doggy any time I want it. <laughs> any time of the day. Four times it's, a day. It, when, when I converted to Judaism, that was one of the things they told me in the mikvah. You have to accept. You must give your <laughs> husband doggy. <laughs> Natasha and I, when I want doggy, I don't even, I don't even really, I, all I do is I just go, ur, 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 and she <laughs> turns right over because that is what love is. And guess what, Natasha? What? I love you. I love you too.